Thanks for joining us for the MassMEP Manufacturing Podcast, Transforming Manufacturing Enterprises. MassMEP believes that there are some elements to a manufacturer's business, whether it's finding their inefficiencies, strengthening their internal processes, or even unlocking their growth, that can extend a manufacturer beyond its current limitations. So every episode, take a journey with us as we speak with manufacturers, legislature, subject matter experts, and so many more as we head down the path of manufacturing across the state of Massachusetts. Whether we're in Boston, Worcester, or out in Springfield, maybe even in the Berkshires, we'll be here every week and we'll explain to you more about manufacturing and what's happening right in your own backyard. Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Mass MEP Manufacturing Podcast. I'm Haley Steele. And I'm Emma Mailman. And we are back for another round. Everybody's going to say, wow, those ladies are on it. They have been popping these podcasts out like it's their job these past couple of weeks. It <laughs> it's is. almost like it is our job. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. It's almost like it is our job. So we have a new guest with us today. We love when we have a new guest, um, mostly because they don't know what to expect, but it's also cool for us because we like to get to know people um, at a different level. And this is a great way for us to do this. But we want to talk to you a little bit of today about why we have um, our guest here with us. We are talking about um, medical device development and a workshop that we have coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks in October. Uh, We'll give you all the details on how to get registered for it and how to find the workshop, Um, but we'll jump into the real nitty gritty of what it has to offer. And the guest that we have with us today is the facilitator of the event. I almost wrote why Ben is the facilitator of the event, but we'll actually let him explain that for you. So we would like to introduce to you for our first time guest, um, Ben Linville Engler, and he is the chief investment strategist and program executive at Mass Tech. So welcome, Ben. Yeah. Hi, Haley and Emma. Thanks for having me. And I'm sitting here going like, what did I just sign myself up for uh, with that introduction? But excited to be here and and talk a little bit about the upcoming workshop. Uh, And I think, you know, for the for the folks that are interested, they might be hearing my title and uh, about Mass Tech and wondering, like, well, why is Ben, uh, you know, doing this workshop? And I'll I'll get into that a little bit and it'll be a a kind of a, a roundabout way in terms of my uh, past experience and what I do for Mass Tech, but maybe let me start with what I currently do now. Uh, and for those of your listeners who maybe aren't familiar with the Massachusetts Technology Collaborative, uh, I know that some of our uh, staff, like Christine Nolan, our director of our Center for Advanced Manufacturing, has been on in the past. Um, but Mass Tech is one of the state's economic development agencies, uh, and our mission is to strengthen the technology and innovation economy. We have five divisions, uh, Broadband Institute, an eHealth Digital Health Institute, um, an Innovation Institute that focuses a lot on emerging technologies and new cluster development, a Cybersecurity Center, and our Center for Advanced Manufacturing. And so in my role uh, on the program executive side, I have kind of organizational and program responsibility for manufacturing, cyber, and eHealth digital health. Uh, And then from an investment strategy standpoint is helping look across our divisions 
we have a lot going on in Massachusetts in technology and innovation. And so there's a lot of crossover opportunities between the different technologies and sectors that we serve. Um, so it was, a, like I said, a little bit of a roundabout way of how I got to MassTech. And, and actually my introduction to MassTech um, started with the pandemic um, when the governor um, reached out to the manufacturing community to, to look for support in responding to some of the supply chain shortages. And at that time, I was in a previous role uh, at MIT as the industry director for the system design and management program. But my, my background and what I now call sort of my past life, uh, I spent over a decade in the medical device surgical systems industry and, and had left the industry as a VP of product development and engineering to come to MIT first as a fellow and then stayed on in that role. Um, but I, I guess by, by way of training, I'm a mechanical engineer with biomedical engineer with a biochemistry minor and then a, a graduate degree in uh, systems thinking and systems engineering from MIT. So a few dots to connect to get to the, you know, why this workshop uh, and we can dive into some of the details there uh, as we get into the conversation. That's awesome. So um, we usually ask you, Ben, a question, like an icebreaker question. Um, and I'm going to still ask you this question because, well, our fans love to hear the answers, um, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, if uh, I was going to ask you, I, and I maybe still will ask you this, because I, I know usually Emma and I are usually very intrigued when we hear people talk about how they got to the place they are today and their backstory on that. But before, you know, if, if, before I ask you that, if you were able to compete in the Olympics, summer or winter, what sport would you compete in? That's, that's really good. So I was just joking with some colleagues, like once PowerPoint becomes an Olympic sport, like I'm ready. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, I would have to say I have an affinity for, bas for basketball. Okay. And so, it, you know, I'd say maybe as a kid, that was a dream. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's long since passed, but uh, I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of basketball. And I think that that would be, a, you know, a fun one. And I think being a kid, remembering the, the dream team and, you know, yeah. back to the Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing yeah. days uh, was, was really cool. So I'd, I'd have to go with basketball. All right. That's cool. So, you know, going back to your past and how you are where you are today and, and kind of pulling in basketball into it today. When we talk about sports today, uh, we usually try to teach sports at more of a um, scientific and a physics kind of level when we explain them and explain why maybe a ball moves a certain way. Or do you think that any of that is what, like what caused you to look at the subjects that you have now all these accolades and accreditations and what was it that drew you to that? Yeah. So I would say, you know, when, when I started my academic career, like after high school, yeah, I, I went into engineering open option at the university of Colorado. Okay. And I first year, not sure, like, did I want to stick with engineering? I actually really liked reading books and enjoyed my English class and thought about shifting to being an English major. Um, that, that didn't happen. Um, but I, I do remember sitting in the, you know, the advisor for the mechanical engineering department and seeing that they had a biomedical option. And I had gr grown up playing a lot of sports, basketball, football, golf, baseball, et cetera. And uh, also had the misfortune of having a lot of physical therapy for various injuries and other things. And so I, I was kind of interested in sort of where the mechanics and physics, you know, meet 
the sort of human dynamic side of things. And yeah. I would say that curiosity, you know, carried forward into my professional career. And from like an engineering perspective, and as we get into like medical device design and some of the challenges is, you know, designing for a, a person or people and different environments and physiology and biocompatibility, like there's a lot of challenges. You're not solving a single problem. And I think the complexity of that um, was really interesting from like the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would say, you know, you fast forward and you see, you know, times when the devices that you designed or the things that you helped to to bring it, you know, it forward as a product actually help people or make a surgeon job better. Like those little things, I think, you know, were, were really, really positive. Um, and I would say probably more, more influential in my career than like the physics side of sports was more the teamwork side of it. And I, I think sometimes it's a bit cliche and in, in a lot of things, you know, but like everything happens in a team. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, there's different sports where I think are, are, I, I found benefits of, you know, golf is oftentimes an individual contributor sport. Yeah. Basketball is a smaller team setting, yeah. uh, faster pace maybe than like football, which is a bigger team setting. Yeah. And I would say in my, my professional career, you know, I started out as a mechanical design product engineer, individual contributor, and then got into team leadership and then organizational capability and capacity building. I think somewhat in my role now at, at MassTech is more ecosystem, right? So organi like multiple organizations and relationships. And so I think those are all sort of dynamics and how to communicate in those different levels that I'd say I could tie back to sports and have thought about a little bit. Yeah, I often think the same thing. I played um I played college soccer and when I tried to shift over in the winter to running track, again, all the points build up for a total team score, but you individually compete. And I found that the most difficult thing because I was always used to a, a, a team environment. So now going into work, Mass MEP, same thing. We work with so many or different organizations and it's that team aspect, I think, that makes it feel much more comfortable. Um, but yeah, that that individual individual work is uh, it's much different than anything you've been used to if you're used to that that sports environment. Um, but moving in now, FDA, we have this workshop coming up for the people listening um, who might not know, you know, the, all the ins and outs, or just looking for more information. Can you kind of bring us through an overview of what this workshop will be, and then kind of what each of the sessions will entail, since there are three separate sessions. Yeah, so I think, you know, as kind of coming back to those different organization levels, and you guys will probably hear me say the word system more than uh, more often than not in this conversation. Um, but I think uh, in, in my experience, you know, I kind of went, I would say, sort of from that individual level, sort of bottom up, in a in a very vertically integrated company uh, named Applied Medical. It's based out of Southern California. That's where I went after Colorado. Uh, and then had a chance to also work in the Netherlands office for a couple of years before coming to Massachusetts. So maybe we can come back to like the sort of geographic, uh, how did I get here as well? But um, yeah, definitely. You casually just threw that in there. We're going to have to loop back on that one. <laughs> About it. <laughs> yeah, but what I would say is, you know, in, in specific to the FDA, and I think one of the things that uh, I think compelled me a little bit when I got to MIT and got involved in some of the entrepreneurial sides of things for med tech and health tech is that you know i had professional experience of bringing products from you know ideation design but through manufacturing and then actually out into the field and it's not a single problem that you're solving with that and 
in particular for FDA and in this space, you know, there's a lot of regulations. And for me, in the organization that I was at, where we had gone from mostly mechanical devices to embedded systems with electronics and software, that became a really integral part to how we make design decisions, how we think about organizing our teams, how we manage data, how we actually um, might think about like strategically, like if we want to be here in two and a half years, there's some things we might need to think about today. And, you know, as I kind of left industry and got into academia, you know, I brought with me that and decided to teach a short course at MIT on this to try to help folks think about that as they're starting companies or getting interested in the field. And I think that sort of the layers we were just talking about sort of in the sports analogy is, you know, there's this, you know, market system that you might be participating in, right? You want to bring a product to market, um, but there's a whole host of different stakeholders that you're going to be engaging with. And so what's that sort of, you know, environment look like and what are the needs there? But then, you know, you're also within an organization that's a dynamic system of itself. And that's where some of the regulations that come out around quality management and some of the things re required for, you know, regulatory clearance or approval are less so about the product and more so about the practices, processes, and governance that you have in your organization. And then sort of that next layer down is then like the product itself, mm -hmm. right? And how do you actually bring, you know, information and needs and ideas and requirements from that market system structured through your organization and then into your product. And, and I think that can be daunting sometimes for people that don't have that experience. And so I, you know, in packaging this, tried to, you know, first at the, the short course at MIT and then in some of these types of webinars or workshops, help folks kind of understand the why and the value in it. Yeah. And, you know, give them a little bit of foresight of like where we might be headed, but here's some things to maybe start with and think about, you know, how is trust distributed across those stakeholders, which is a lot of the first session. Um, and then we'd be looking at really the, the manufacturing emergency response team as a sort of short case study or example of how that played out. I, the first time I taught the course at MIT was January 2020. Mm -hmm. And then two months later, you know, was COVID, COVID hit, at least hit Massachusetts at that point. And we formed the MERT. And I was basically just practicing that course on repeat for all sorts of PPE and test swabs and other things and helping manufacturers in Massachusetts and the region respond. Um, the second part of the course then is now, you know, taking a look at what are, what's the landscape of some of the um, quality management or product standards that exist and, you know, how, how do those impact your organization versus the product? Uh, and the third part then is I would say bringing in a little bit of the system design aspect of how do you think about some of those key decisions that you might need to make that could be influenced by product safety or risk management um, and actually then, you know, thinking about sort of product architecture, not really getting into like the design aspect of it, but sort of key decisions and how you might think about trade-offs that you have to make for that. Um, so it's, there's a lot to this. It's, it's pretty dense um, content, but this is intended to be, you know, introductory and really help folks at different layers in the organization. It might be from a design side, might be from manufacturing, right? Which all of this is part of that whole product life cycle. Um, so sort of back to the, like, you're not generally solving one problem, like from a clinical perspective, you have to think about how to, you know, manufacture and do these things repeatedly. Um, and I think one of the things that we found with the, the MERT 
effort was there were a number of manufacturers that had always thought that, you know, medical device might be more challenging, um, but there's also sort of a history of, you know, where do the medical device product uh, safety and quality standards come from? And they're rooted very much in traditional manufacturing quality management. And so the gap for some companies maybe isn't as big as they thought. Uh, and so how do we help them kind of just start to navigate that process? And then I believe MEP's got, you know, follow on courses or more deep dive on certain things that um, that folks could could engage with. So you mentioned a couple different areas, but as far as audience goes, is this, you know, is there a specific audience for a workshop like this? Is it more broad? Is it kind of anyone within the medical manufacturing device field? Who is the target market for, for a workshop like this? I'd say it's it's pretty broad because it does touch on, you know, how how is trust distributed in this industry, which can include, you know, you as an OEM or maybe a component supplier, yeah. uh, how how you might think about interacting with health systems a little bit, uh, understanding the regulatory landscape and the relationship with patients. And, you know, I think this is also where everybody's generally a patient at some point in their life, right? And so how do they actually think about sort of what's behind the, the the curtain, if you will, in this industry of how trust is distributed. So with that, I mean, I think it's, you know, folks that are already involved or interested in the sector, whether they're in design or manufacturing, um, you know, companies that might be thinking about, you know, maybe we're a supplier to this sector, but maybe we're interested in doing our own devices yeah. to kind of figure out where they fit in. Um, and then I would also say just right now, and this comes back to some of my work at MassTech, you know, from a federal standpoint, you know, coming from, you know, COVID, which was really, you know, a health crisis coupled with an economic crisis, where we see a lot of legislation right now at the federal level and CHIPS plus science. And last year, the, the White House released a pretty significant series of critical supply chain reports. There's a lot of, we call it supply chain crisis that is economic crisis coupled with national security in some instances. And you know these are decades in the making, decades in the solving. But there's a big sort of spirit of domestic manufacturing, and uh, some of these areas, whether it's continued need for support for PPE or essential medicines or other types of products, will likely see more opportunities for um, you know specific programs here in the U.S. Whether it's federal, you know, Buy America type efforts, um, but then also just looking to broaden our you know, our industrial base in, uh, in the country. And I think Massachusetts and what we've done in the, in the MERT process kind of put us in a good position for that. But there's a lot of learning that needs to happen in looking at, you know, what's the sort of pros and cons or risk benefit if you're a company looking at getting into this sector. Yeah, I think that trust aspect runs really deep. I think that not even just specific to this area, but across manufacturing as a whole in general, just being able to understand where things come from, how they came to be, all of the steps, everything in the background that really solidifies a, a certain product or, or a system. Um, it's a side of things I don't think people are exposed to very often. Um, so for something like like this, for this workshop in specific, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for people to really be able to grasp um, the background of, of all of this. 
Uh, yeah, and I would say, you know, with with a lot of the supply chain disruptions we've had over the past few years, mm-hmm. I, I sort of use the analogy of it's a lot like when you flip your light switch and then your lights don't turn on, like all of a sudden you don't have electricity. <laughs> and now you're like, why don't I have electricity? Like, where does it come yes. from? Right? And then you get an email from your utility company and they're like, we're working on it, right? But <laughs> but it's sort of like it. we've almost sometimes made things too easy, right? Where it's so frictionless. Oh, absolutely. Until it doesn't work, we, we're not, we don't actually think about it yeah and I think that's kind of where we're at with supply chains for certain things and and we've seen a cascade of these things ranging from you know features and functions and your and like heated steering wheels and chip shortages and automobiles to I, I would say really critical things like baby formula yeah. right and you know quality and a whole host of suppliers and you know relationships and things you know we talk about like broad team or big network efforts right there's a lot that goes into this and then you know, when there is a challenge, I, you know, it sort of highlights sort of uh, the importance of all of this and thinking about resiliency. Yeah, that's a funny analogy too for it. I always think back to, I'll use myself as an example. I'll call myself out here. Um, something in the house breaks. I'm quick to just say, let's just go get another one. Yeah. Instead of actually trying to take the time to find the issue and fix it. Yeah. So it's like, I could be throwing away something that in reality could just need new batteries. You know what I mean? And yep. it's like, oh, I don't know why this is working. Um, Let's just go get a new one. Where like other people, like I'd use my grandfather. He's like, no, let me see it. I'll fix it. Yeah. So let me, let me just take some time and I'll fix it. But yeah, that's a funny analogy with the light switch. Everything now is just at the, the tips of our fingers. So we don't really even want to take the time to think about it because we know how easy it is to to replace something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a that's, good point. That's what happens with it. I think, you know, we... um when you say that and listening to you say that, I might think about the generations and how it breaks down, you know, and where it it comes from and you saying, I just instantly go to throwing it away. I would love to say that that's true. Um, but my husband and I are born in the same year and he's, he is you and says, throw it away. And I say, no, we can fix it. So I really don't think it is a generation thing. I think it's a brain thing, right? It's yeah, uh, like that's my mom. She'll she'll use something eighteen different ways before she throws something out. Yes. For me, I'm like, eh, on to the next. Yeah, like, I think it's a patience thing. I don't know. Yeah. So we <laughs> talk about that. That's a good point. And you know, and you kind of said on this, Ben. Um, this was obviously something you were working on before this. Ha- you know, before COVID hit, but. Do you feel that, you know, from what happened with the MERT um, and, you know, now we still keep it moving, do you think this kind of escalated the level of intensity or the awareness that then everybody said, wait a second, this is, hold on, we need to really amp this up. And that's why we, this is really something now where we, are we maybe a little bit ahead where we're offering this and we can get people in now before it starts becoming just commonplace? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that there's coming out of that, and I think also just with all the market dynamics, you know, companies and manufacturers are are I think understandably looking for new opportunities, mm-hmm. or you know, the last few years may have forced them to think rethink their strategy or who they are as a business and like how they engage in some of these supply chains or areas. Um, and so I think you know one of the things coming out of the MERT is you know it's a really interesting you know experience where it really was, you know, government, uh, industry, small, medium, large manufacturers, most non-medical device manufacturers, academia, you know, folks from our major health systems, 
really coming together sort of in this multi-stakeholder environment and just figuring out how to how to solve these problems but do it in a way that was fda compliant and i think you know difference there being we were really focused on supply and i think you know where i i think folks are understandably looking at things now is sort of what is those demand and market dynamics and how do we think of this from sort of a business plan standpoint and so I, i think that you know, this is for me coming, coming, you know, from being the engineer, the designer, then into manufacturing and like the whole level products is, and then some of the, the, the additional work I had at MIT is medical devices, because that back to that trust and that they need to work when they're in use and there's big challenges if they don't, uh, there's a whole lot of engineering and risk management that goes into how you design how you manufacture, how you do quality control. And that's not necessarily required for every industry or every type of product, but understanding sort of those methods and practices, I think for me, have at least brought, you know, from a problem solving standpoint, you know, how do, how could you inject some of those things that might actually lead to better products, right? whether it's medical devices or not. Um, and I think that from like a manufacturing standpoint is really important, um, but also just from a general, you know, product commercialization standpoint. Um, one comment, just to go back to the, the quick conversation around like fix things or throw them away. I think this is where I, I out myself as not a native Massachusetts <laughs> resident. Um, I, I actually originally am from Southwest Kansas. I grew up on a remote farm. I found out in 2018 that, that the town I grew up in, Holcomb, Kansas, is the eighth most remote town from a metropolitan area and that's being four hours away from Wichita, Kansas. Wow. Family's farm where I was born is 40 minutes outside of that town that's so far away from a metropolitan area. So what I would say is I, I think I probably, as my wife would say, I, I inherited hoarding tendencies <laughs> because you need to be resourceful and keep things, you know, you don't know when you're going to need something. And when you're, when you're 40 minutes away from places like, you, you know, you, you, you want to have stuff available, but I, I would say just for me, like, you know, it, it's all, you know, this is all hindsight narrative, but thinking about like, what did you learn growing up in like that type of environment? And I think, you know, being resourceful and trying to fix things. Yeah. Right. Um, but then also understanding and recognizing like, you know, our closest neighbors were a mile away. Yeah. And like, you also have to depend on other people. Right. And like the community aspect of that. And so I think Again, sort of back to the how do you, you know, how do you work with others in some of these things? I think there's a there's a big aspect to that as well. Um, so Emma, probably to my my wife's dismay, I don't throw things away as much. Um, and I don't know if you have kids yet, but it is it's also reassuring and maybe rewarding when you do fix a toy or something for your three year old. And they, they, my son, he, we were just outside gardening and his little shovel broke and I, I, I put a new screw in, not, not anything Aww. challenging, but you know, <laughs> when you hear your son say, I like it when you fix things for me, dad, like Aww. you're probably going to do that more often than not. So, um, so, well, you know, I think there's those little things that kind of add up, but I think also just trying from my standpoint to at least pass that on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See the screw I could do. I think that's in my wheelhouse, but I don't have kids yet, but I guess, uh, that's something to look forward to. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll pick up some new skills once I, once I do. Yeah. I'm going to have to, right. Save the money. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's you also I'm... can't afford to go out and buy new things all the time. Once you yeah. bring children, so it'll be life. something I got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ben, if we were going to 
say, and um, this is one of the big things we always say to anybody listening is, what is the most important thing? If you were going to say to somebody, why should you attend this? What is the biggest um, takeaway that they can they can have from this? Yeah, and I, and I think you know my answer is going to be maybe to folks that are thinking about getting into this industry, or you know again those suppliers maybe that have participated sort of in a in a second tier or third tier kind of uh, supply chain relationship is. You know, what I hope folks take away from this course is giving them a sense of like where to start and, you know, helping them understand like there is a lot to learn and there's going to be a lot to, to learn if you're going to ultimately bring a medical device to, to market, um, but helping them just sort of understand what that pathway is and a little bit of like what to learn and when, because um, that was a lot of stuff that I think I had the, the for, fortune of you know, working in a company that was so vertically integrated that did so much that I was sort of in this mini ecosystem and environment where I could kind of walk down the hall or yeah. to another building, right? And kind of learn that a little bit organically. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where kind of back to the understanding domestic manufacturing and understanding supply chains a little bit more. Right? Sometimes it's, you know, uh, it's not down the hall or it's not next to a building. Um, but so how how sort of those opportunities might arise. And so I think really what I and, and my colleagues at, at Mass Tech, and as I mentioned, like Olympic level PowerPoint presentations, <laughs> a, a lot of things for me is mapping relationships and, and understanding sort of the timing of those. So that's what I think, you know, big takeaways from this would be is, you know, oftentimes folks hear FDA and it's like, well, that's, you know, big, scary, kind of uncertain organization. Yeah. Um, my experience has been they're really there to help you, but how do you, how are you, how do you get prepared, hmm. you know, understand a little bit of the, their vocabulary uh, and kind of understand the timing of when you might engage with them or others, right, other stakeholders that um, play a role in this to, to really help you kind of build that trust and ultimately what you bring to market. So now that we have, we got key takeaways, we got an overview of the workshop, some of the ins and outs of, of what people should expect. Um, we do want to help people understand how they now can register for the workshop. So at massmep.org, at that top bar, there's a workshops tab. Um, and this will be held virtually from 9 to 11 in the morning, October 12th, 19th, and November 2nd. So they can find that registration page again on the website under that workshops tab. Registering for one registers you for all three. It's very simple, um, only a couple clicks. But um, we hope to see everyone there now that we've uh, we've pulled you in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did. We got everybody in here. Is there <laughs> is there anything else, Ben, that you um, you got anything else you'd like to add or um, we've got going on over there at Mass Tech? You want to let people know about maybe where you're going to be? You are very busy. You are out in the public eye quite a bit. Uh, usually we catch you on social media. Very rarely are we able to, you know, narrow you down and take an hour of your time uh, to like we did today to do this. But uh, anything exciting or you're looking forward to? I know you're a little bit of a transition and what's going, what's happening right now. But uh, you, and you just had a great event too. The the mashup yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna mention that you know big thanks to MassMEP on their partnership with that. We just held our second annual uh, Massachusetts Manufacturing Mashup out at Polar Park in Worcester, and 
you know, the first annual was right before I started at Mass Tech last year. I think there were about five or 600 people. This year, we doubled that to over 1,200, uh, 300 of those being um, high school students from some of our innovation pathways schools in the state. And so I think, you know, just really speaks again volumes of the advanced manufacturing ecosystem that we have here and ranging from, you know, new advanced production technologies to talent resources to, you know, other resources that the state and partners like MEP provide. Um, so that was really exciting. And I think, you know, as we're heading into October being manufacturing month, you know, I think this workshop and timing for that fits really well. Um, and, you know, in terms of like other things that are going on, I'm going to do an overview of the the MERT project that the or the MERT effort is sort of an intro to to you know why some of this matters in this workshop. Um, but one of the companies, Boyd Technologies, that was a partner in the MERT, has put together a documentary called yes. Project Frontline that I think they're going to be um, putting out pretty soon. That's a little bit more thorough overview of both the MERT and some of the other biomedical companies and medical device companies that were engaged in various aspects of the pandemic response. And so I'd say keep an eye out for that too. Yeah. Uh, if you're curious to learn more about how, you know, really manufacturers across the state, across some different sectors got engaged and involved to really help our uh, healthcare community uh, here locally and in the New England region. And in some instances, you know, like with vaccines and other things quite globally. Yeah. That video documentary series was phenomenal in what they did and how they did it. Um, it was really cool to watch. I might have to use you as um, as a, a door in. I'd love, we'd love to have a representative from Boyd Technologies on and, and just talk through that because we, we did promote it uh, when we could. We thought it was pretty phenomenal. So um, yeah, so uh, we have the the website. Um, it's a little bit longer, but um, I can read it to you. But I know we we always think people are driving right now, so we don't like to give them too much. She's like, oh, I got to get pen. I can't write this down. Um, so it's really that's not the case. So we will put this uh, on our website, so you'll be able to get it. With the link will be in in our podcast, so you can access and go in and watch that video because it's a really really awesome documentary series. Um, the you know, if I was able to put in something for uh, an Emmy award for a documentary, um, I would do it because it really, it did encompass everything and it was very impactful from the music and how it really hit you to the center of your core and like, wow, this was, if you live in the state and how proud you were of what we did uh, in that time, which was the biggest thing. We did a lot of podcasts over that time period in the pandemic and the number one thing that everybody that stayed um as a um an essential worker. an essential yeah so if you were an essential, essential company business. yeah if you were an essential business you know we we met with a lot of them and those that were able to pivot or were part of this mart program their number one thing that they i think took away from this was their pride in being able to be involved with helping what was going on with the rest of the world in that moment. So sometimes we don't realize um, as small as we are, we can actually be really large with our impacts. And that's what it did. Yeah, and that that to me is, you know, one of those things that I talk about sort of the community connectedness aspect of some of this. And while I, you know, while I'm not a Massachusetts native, my son is, and I would say, you know, I've told folks that MERT process, yeah. like 
I'm very prideful of that, right? That we call Massachusetts our home. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the engagement of folks and really looking to help out their community through this effort. Um, the other thing that is coming up end of October, I think in terms of timing wise that folks may be interested in uh, that might be signing up for the webinar, um, MassMedic, who is also a partner on Merck, that's one of our med device uh, industry consortiums here in the state. Um, we've been working with them as part of a host and local committee for uh, the organization AdvaMed is hosting what they call the, the MedTech conference. Um, that's going to be uh, end of October, the 24th through the 26th at the Boston Convention Center. Um, and so that's another opportunity for folks, if they're already part of this sector or if they're interested in it, to engage with, you know, companies both from Massachusetts, but from elsewhere and, you know, learn not just about uh, manufacturing, but some of the latest technologies and advancements in, in the med device space. Um, I think that's the medtechconference.com, but if you could throw that one up on the the, the web page as well. Um, so there's a lot going on in October. Um, and I think, you know, as I alluded to earlier around uh, some of the federal legislation, you know, I think as we start to look ahead to the next few years, yeah. uh, you know, the Chips and Science Act that passed, there's a lot in there for semiconductors and other areas that uh, folks are looking at in the state, but uh, also for advanced manufacturing, um, potentially for, for NIST and MEP and the Manufacturing USA Institutes that uh, AFO is one of our, our uh, uh, partners on the MERT as well that, um, you know, is located here in uh, in Cambridge. And so I think, you know, I'm just sort of laying out just in this last couple minutes, like we have a very dynamic manufacturing ecosystem. Uh, and I think the engagement that we saw at the mashup and that we continue to see um, just in, in uh, other interactions, like a lot of energy and excitement. And I think, you know, folks like you guys at MEP and what we can do at MassTech through our Center for Advanced Manufacturing and other groups, like we're here to support, yes. right? And so I think, um, you know, this workshop is one of those ways, um, you know, but there's a host of other things that we do at MassTech, whether it's uh, capital grant programs or supporting other workforce efforts for manufacturing technician training and other things that if people are interested, you know, happy to talk about those as well. Or uh, I think Christine Nolan was previously on to talk about some of that too. Yep. Yep. She comes back quite a bit. We have Christine on quite a bit. So yeah, this is, um, Ben, this, this is great. Um, you know, we appreciate you taking the time. It's a pleasure having you on here, uh, to talk through all of this and, and we are looking forward to the actual workshop itself. So we will, um, we will also be in there. And I think for us, um, when you are around somebody that is passionate about what they do, you then it's very magnetic. This is the stuff that we get excited about and it really draws us in. It's very <laughs> intriguing, right? It's like, it's, it, and it's, it's you and how you present this. It is very magnetic and it just, it's that energy that pulls us in. So we are uh, very excited because when people are a part of this workshop, um, I think they will walk away with way more than they expect to. Um, I know you did say it was on, you know, an introductory level, but if anybody has any questions, we just have them, you know, reach out to us. And if we can connect you, you know, we'll connect you to Ben or we'll ask the questions. Uh, we'll send them his way just to make sure that, you know, this is really what you need. Um, and like he said about, you know, the med tech conference, we'll have that information available because again, that's something else that, that might be up your alley and it's really probably worth you looking into to attend. Yeah, and I'll just a couple a couple other quick comments like, you know, this there there are a lot of resources in our 
broader medtech health tech ecosystem as well for folks that are looking to navigate this, whether it's regulatory and quality related things or you know how how to how to you know figure out capital and other things. And we have accelerators and incubators in in Massachusetts that are really great tie-ins for that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll mention here in October, and this is so I don't get in trouble with Stephanie Helm, who's our director of the Mass Cyber Center. Uh, <laughs> October is also Cybersecurity Cyber Month. month. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of crossover into manufacturing. Uh, and we have a cyber forum that I'll put a link um, for you guys to post as well that um, we're going to have a panel that I'm going to be hosting right. on um, cyber by design, which right. is a little bit of understanding how cybersecurity, not just from like a network, in um, software standpoint, but more from that organizational perspective and understanding the design and supply chain. So we're lining up some really great speakers for that to help, you know, organizations and others think about how how they may be able to address, you know, cybersecurity challenges within their organizations, you know, across different parts of their life cycle or their enterprise organization system. Um, so just wanted to, to put that one in there as well as it's something that's coming up um, for folks to to look into attending or uh, keep an eye out. I think we generally record these as well. Yeah, this is, um, well, you know what you can do to redeem yourself? If she does say anything to you, you should say, hey, listen, it's okay. I opened the door. They're now going to have you, Stephanie, come in and and they want to have a podcast with you about Cybersecurity Week. Yeah, she's uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, doing doing a lot in our, in our, in the Commonwealth for, you know, cybersecurity with municipalities. We do some monthly calls with our eHealth Digital Health Institute as well. So uh, definitely a, another hot topic and important in all of this um, that I'm sure she'd be happy to engage uh, probably once cybersecurity month is over, but we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it to her. That's all right. It's always at the top of everybody's minds. We talk about it pretty frequently. So um, the audience would probably, um, not that we don't love, uh, we have our, we there we call them our our cybersecurity. Um, they're the cybersecurity whispers um, and ninjas. That's Cinejax. We work with them, but I'm pretty sure the audience would also love to hear a little bit more from a different perspective. So we totally would love to have her on here. Yeah. Well, I uh, you know thanks Ben for coming in. Um, I think Emma and I pretty much got everything covered and hopefully it was a wealth of information for those listening to the podcast and like we said please feel free just to reach out to us directly if you have any questions um emma gave you the dates times the location and uh, go to massmp.org and get registered and if you have anything you're not quite sure of what's happening uh just reach out we'll be happy to fill you in if you not really sure should i attend should i not attend we can help answer those we have the solutions for that so please reach out to us and let us know but thanks for coming in this morning thanks for chatting with us and um that's it so thanks for everyone for joining us for the mass mep manufacturing podcast and we'll see you next time thank you for listening to the mass mep manufacturing podcast transforming manufacturing enterprises you can subscribe to our channel anywhere you listen to your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can always go to our website at massmap.org. So we'll see you next time, whether it's our space, your space, or cyberspace.